0: Hey everybody, it's Bina007 back for some movie reviews of films out in the UK, either side of the Easter holidays. So out tomorrow in UK cinemas we have Paddy Considine's directorial film Journeyman about a boxer who suffers an injury and has to come back with that from that and the impact it has on his family and then next Friday April 6th we have two films out which are really wonderful the first is Todd Haynes beautiful absolutely beautiful and heart wrenching film Wonderstruck and then a very profoundly affecting film about AIDS activism in France in the early 80s called 120 beats per minute so let's start with Journeyman as that's the first one out in UK cinemas tomorrow I have to say that I was really looking forward to this film. I've been a long-time fan of Paddy Considine as an actor... I think that he's so versatile. He is hilarious. If you want to watch a film to really make you laugh and be silly, it's called Le Donk and Scorsese, in which Considine plays a rap promoter. And then if you want to watch him at the height of his dramatic power, there's a fantastic revenge thriller directed by Shane Meadows called Dead Man's Shoes. Um, And Considine is just brilliant in that film. And of course, he made a fantastic directorial debut a couple of years ago, which he didn't introduce star in called Tyrannosaur Um, and that was a movie of real artistic ambition and just very assured execution for a debut feature. So I had great great hopes of Journeyman but I have to say unfortunately that I found it to be rather banal and rather a waste of time. It didn't say anything new for me about boxing, it felt a little bit like a sort of lifetime movie of the afternoon and a sort of classic rehab movie in the vein of Stronger or Million Dollar Baby. I found the direction workmanlike. I thought the scope was narrow. And the only real reason to watch it was the characteristically good performance of Jodie Whittaker as the wife of the boxer. So she's obviously the new Doctor Who and a tremendous actress. The story is that Paddy Considine plays plays a local hero boxer. He gets punched into a coma in his quote unquote one final match, because it always is right in these movies. Um, When he comes out of hospital, he's very frustrated. He's borderline violent. And his wife ends up just realising that the baby's unsafe around him around him and leaving him but just of course as he reaches his lowest ebbs all those friends who had abandoned him come and come round and, and lift him back up and he finally gets back to where he was and there is really no dramatic tension in this film because everyone's basically good and they have nothing to learn you know the boxer is basically a good guy the wife is basically good the friends are basically you know there's nothing interesting or surprising here the love story I felt was very predictable I didn't think there was any real character development. And what was even worse is that there wasn't any criticism of a sport that serially harms people who play it. Because I think that Considine in real life is obviously a great boxing fan. Um, He's not willing to sort of go into the more gritty area of what a working class boy like this boxer would have boxed for and whether it was worth it so that's all disappointing I I think what's even more interesting is that even though directorially and in the writing I didn't really like this film I would have thought I would have liked uh, Considine's performance but even that I found very limited. It, it felt like a series of physical tics. That was, and this is going to sound so harsh, one stutter short of Simple Jack. If you've seen the film Tropic Thunder, you'll know what I'm talking about. Overall, it was just a crashing disappointment. I've got a lot of love for boxing films. Um, <laughs> I've got a lo- lot of love for Paddy Considine. And I think this is just a misstep. Given the quality of the work that he produced with Tyrannosaur, I will definitely watch what he does next, but I cannot really recommend this film. Such a shame. However, if you do want to go and check it out, Journey Time has a running time of 92 minutes. It's rated 15 for strong boxing violence and infrequent strong sex. And it is released in the UK and Ireland tomorrow, March 30th, 2018. Okay, so on to our next film. Um, Wonderstruck which is out in the UK on April 6th so next Friday. It's based on a book a very beloved children's book by Brian Selznick which I decided to read when I realised that this film was going to play the London Film Festival last year and I just fell in love with that book so many of its themes resonated with me, from the fear of having no place to fit in in society, to the love of collecting old books, to the delight in architecture and models, and most importantly of all, a captivation with the history of cinema itself. And that's all before you realize that this was going to be a profoundly beautiful treatment of the challenges and triumphs of growing up deaf. And the book itself is so gorgeous when you when you read it, one of the stories is told in text and the other is told in pictures and they're beautiful black and white and grayscale pictures with texture and, you know, pencil on paper. Just absolutely beautiful. So I thoroughly encourage you to read the book, let alone watch the film. The two stories he's intertwining are for, of two kids from different eras. The, the one that's told, told pictorially is the one of a girl called Rose who lives in 1920s New Jersey. And the one that's told in letters is the one um, of a boy called Ben living in 1970s Minnesota. And as their stories sort of intertwine as you go through the book and people from each story meet and mingle, so too do the formats. It's, it's one of the most clever and beautiful books I've ever read. So when you think about bringing that kind of a book to the big screen, I guess Autor Tortaines isn't necessarily the person you think about because he tends to deal with these very brilliant but conflicted stories of adult sexuality and being in the closet. And But then again, you think, well, his Films also deal with beautiful attention to detail in production design and costume. And he obviously, when you look at his uh, Serkian films, has a deep understanding and respect for film history. So, actually, why not? You know, why not have Todd Haynes direct this? And that's what you get with this film. You get a film that has a director who's very assured in different eras and styles of cinema, who can give us a sort of black and white um, sound film without, without you know, speaking. And you can have a, a man who's very confident in depicting the 1970s too. And in Rose's story, huge attention is paid to texture. The curl of her hair, the patterns on her clothes, the thick ribbing on her tights. And it really beautifully echoes the, the, the grainy drawings in the original book. And there's also, you know, a brilliant depiction of the architecture of New York. And we see it in wonder through her eyes, which I found lovely. The actress who plays Rose, Millicent Simmons, is a talented deaf actress in her screen debut. She's absolutely captivating. And I really hope to see her in other parts in future. It'd be a shame if she slipped away from us. And then you get Ben's story set in the 70s in which you feel Todd Haynes is probably more comfortable given that that's his experience. It's pre-Giuliani New York, it's gritty, it's grimy. Um, He uses contemporary music really well, as you'd imagine. And that is complemented again by Carter Burwell's score, which is really one of the most impressive things about the film because it has this very hard job of uniting all the styles of the film in one cohesive whole. I think it does that superbly. What surprises me a little bit is that this film hasn't found a greater critical or commercial success. And I can see by why some people might have struggled with it. It is patient and it's deliberate in how it unravels its story. The plot reveal depends on big events happening that you know may feel too obvious. Um, but I think it's beautifully done and it's a really moving film, a melancholy film about loss and about finding your place in the world, triumphing over loneliness and forging one's own path. And I don't know. The final half hour had me in tears. I think if you're a real fan of this book, you won't be disappointed. And I think if you're a real cineast and have a fondness for how films are put together, technically, you'll also really enjoy it. And, you know... (sighs) This film just seems to me to be really relevant to our times. It's a bit like The Shape of Water. It's about misfits who struggle to fit in and yet find somehow camaraderie and true friendship. So I think that's a beautiful thing to be celebrated. And this is just a delicious visual and oral experience. And I can't recommend it enough. Wonderstruck has a running time of 117 minutes. It's rated PG. Um, The movie opens in London on April 6th. And the UK indeed, not just London. Although I suspect as an art house movie, it's going to be a little bit hard to find. Okay, so that brings me to the final movie for this week's episode. It's called 120 BPM or 120 beats per minute. Um, It's the third of these films that I saw at the London Film Festival last year. It's an absolutely harrowing and beautifully constructed and acted story. um, oh it's just so good but it's the problem is with 120 beats per minute is that there's about 90 minutes of this very moving love story but it's surrounded by a very important but slightly less compelling and maybe overlong story about AIDS activism in 80s and early 90s Paris so let's deal with the latter part first I think we open up the movie and it's the weekly act up Paris meeting Where an old hand is explaining the concept of the ACT UP action group and how the meetings work to new joiners. And this is really for the audience's benefit, and it's pretty heavy handed, but frankly, I needed that. But I think the problem is, is we do get a lot of that intermittently all the way through the movie, the sort of Basil exposition of why AIDS was so traumatic and tragic in the early 80s and the fight for people who were infected to gain acceptance from society and, frankly, just to get the drugs they needed and all of the bigotry and hypocrisy around the release of those drugs. And this was something that happened all over the world. I mean, ACT UP was big in the US and UK too, but this is showing it from the French perspective. Um And you you get to see the importance of that movement. And I think in an age where young people in particular are ever more active activists, and we think of that as a new thing. And, you know, I'm all in favour of it. You know, it's, it's amazing to see. But I think it's important to honour those who took those risks in direct action in decades preceding us. And really, this is a fantastic film for showing that. Even though those were the less compelling parts of the film for me, it was almost like I would rather watch a documentary about that separated out from the love story that's at the heart of 120 beats per minute. And despite the fact that I wasn't as compelled by that uh, documentary aspect, this is still a movie worth watching because it's one of the most beautifully acted and genuinely affecting rather than just sort of cheaply emotionally manipulative love stories that I've seen on screen for a long time and moreover how rare is it to get a homosexual love story that's really really convincing and emotional and oh you know just makes you cry so that story is the story of a young boy called Sean he catches um, HIV the first time he has sex when we meet him, he's oh, courageous, proud, active, and vital, and just charismatic. You can't take your eyes off him off on screen. But as we move through this very long film, it's a two-hour, 20-minute film, you see him just lose that vitality as he becomes more and more sick, um, as he gets full-blown AIDS. In that time, we also see him fall in love with Nathan. And Nathan, you know, really turns to caring for Shauna's as full-time job and the the power and the weight of the conclusion of this love story the the grim inevitability of it it's almost unbearable at times it's so tense and it's so emotionally heavy um I think it it took me a long time to process this film after I watched it, actually. It really haunted me. It stayed with me for days and weeks after I watched it. And I do want to watch it again now. So I think kudos to all involved in this film. It's really wonderful. If you don't know much about that story about AIDS activism in the 80s, I think it's kind of like, without sounding earnest and ponderous, I think it is our duty to be informed about that. Kudos to all involved, but especially to the actor playing Sean, who I hope I'm pronouncing this right. His name is Nahuel perez Um He deserves all the awards. I really thought 120 BPM was going to clean up awards at awards season. In the end, it didn't. Um, I think A Fantastic Woman covers some of the themes, but not all. I mean, by far not all of them. It's a slightly different story, but certainly about love on the margins. And that was very deserving as a winner. But, you know, this is a, a great film. A little bit baggy, as I said, but very much deserving of your attention. So 120 beats per minute has a running time of 140 minutes. It's rated 18 for strong sex, nudity, sex references and language. The movie played Cannes 2017, where it won the Fiprescu Prize, the Queer Palm, the Grand Jury Prize and the Francois Chalet Award. So very well fated. It's done the, the festival circuit. Opened in the USA last October, so you can probably get hold of it on DVD by now. And it opens in the UK, as I said, on April 6th. So those are some of the more indie art house releases that you can see at the cinema over Easter. Um, I know there's lots of big releases out there like Ready Player One and, you know, all these kinds of films. But I I hope you'll try and support some of the smaller and equally deserving films that are out there. That said, whatever you watch at the cinema, I hope you have a great time. And if you want to leave a comment on the blog at beena007.com or on my YouTube channel, feel free. I'm happy to discuss what you agree or didn't agree with me on. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening.